From the paranormal to the extraordinary, from the weird to the wonderful, this is On The Odd. Hello, you are listening to On The Odd. My name is Mark. Today, I have a very special guest. Her name is Amy. She's a well-educated professional who has left her day-to-day career to dumpster dive. It is a topic that has fascinated me, and I began watching the freaking Frugal YouTube channel. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. And freaking Frugal is uh, is Amy and her husband, Dwayne. Um, I didn't expect too much, but much more than entertainment from the freaking Frugal channel. But right away, I was taken back with the insane amount of food that is thrown away, not only every year, but... If you follow her channel, the amount that is thrown thrown away daily. So please welcome to the show, Amy from Freakin' Frugal. How are you, Amy? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Thank I you was, for having me. My wife and I were up early for whatever reason this morning, and we we have kind of different hours in the morning, but we noticed you posted a video, and we first thing we do is we'll watch your video and a few other people's videos, almost like YouTube is a channel itself. And that's where yeah. I think YouTube is going. Yeah. Um, how did you get involved in all of this? And All of this? All this YouTube stuff? Yeah, I guess YouTube, because you don't just do dumpster diving. You no. also no. You did the couponing thing. You do a lot of um, personal and very private sharing. Yeah. Well, um, you know, just a few years ago, I really didn't even know what YouTube was. Like, I never watched YouTube. I heard that if you wanted to f- fix your refrigerator or install whatever, you know, that there are all those how to videos and you could go to YouTube. Sure. And so I guess at some point we, we cut our cable, you know, to save money because basically frugality is my thing. I mean, just got to save money. I was working as a social worker for our state's child protective agency and as social work jobs go, it pays decently, but you know, I live in New Jersey and the cost of living is, is sure. very high and you social workers just don't make enough to do everything. Right. So I always had to be frugal. So I started watching YouTube videos to get frugal tips. So I watched a lot of frugality channels, but I found that they just weren't extreme enough. They were giving kind of the same basic tips over and over. And I wanted the really crazy extreme stuff. So at some juncture, I just thought, you know, I should start my own channel because I'm not finding what I need on YouTube, so I will try to offer it. And uh, a couple summers ago, in the summer of 2017, my husband had a surgery because he's got this problem with his aorta. So I was off from work for about six months mm. taking care of him and taking care of the home and stuff when he was recuperating from this big surgery down at the you know UPenn Hospital in Philly. So while I was home then, that's when I first started the YouTube channel in the summer of 2017 as a basic frugality channel. So frugal tips, recipes, you know, how to lower your heating costs and frugal laundry and, you know, some personal stuff, too. I mean, we're pretty much an open book. And And also with a very kind of, um, I guess, a wellness or a holistic uh, lean on it, because a lot of it really does touch upon that. A lot of it is like how to make your own um, laundry detergent and, right, and stuff like right. that. And it, it stuff like that can be very popular on YouTube. Um, and it looked like you were, you did have a following doing that. A lo- yeah, a little bit. I mean, it was growing little by little. Um, 
you know, I felt that the uh, astounding quality of my videos was not being fully appreciated by the mass audience, but <laughs> you know, whatever, little by little. Um, and we, we had already been dumpster diving, but I have an older daughter who was in college at the time. And she said, don't ever show dumpster diving videos like that. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> and then one day she finally just said, ah, oh, screw it. Who cares? Go ahead and show whatever you want. So we started posting some of the dumpster diving videos, which, you know, the dumpster diving is just one of many frugal things we do. But those were the videos that really became popular and are most watched. So, you know, we got to give the people what they want. So we right, have to focus course. on that now. And they're also kind of our bread and butter. I mean, they get the most views. So that's where the income comes. Because in November of 2018, I quit my day job with the state to just do YouTube as a full-time job now. So, you know, mm -hmm. to make money, I, we focus on them. Yeah, I, having videos. I mean, I think it takes a lot of nerve to also make this type of um, shift. You know, it's yeah. Um, granted, your degrees and and stuff like that do remain. It's not like that goes away. But yeah, walking away from a career can be very scary. My wife is also a social worker. Oh, um, I that. but she actually took. Um, she stepped away from social work and now she's an administrator. She's, mm -hmm. you, know, you know, she's taken it to the next thing because maybe she saw the same thing that you were saying. Is kind of you hit a you hit a bit of a wall and there's yeah. not too much further you can go. But, right. um, but, but nonetheless, I think that's another reason why she likes you a lot because maybe she sees eye to eye with you um, career wise. Yeah. Um, or, or she kind of, you know, seen the same type of, of things that you might've seen. Right. Um, now what kind of social, what kind oh. of social was she doing before she switched to be more administrative? Um, she worked in nursing homes and like oh, okay. um, extended healthcare and, and things like that. And she was actually the director of several social workers uh -huh. um, in Queens. And then, you know, she really enjoyed it. But uh, this other opportunity kind of popped up and um, that's where she yeah. is now. Literally right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so your YouTube channel currently has over 55,000 subscribers. Yeah, we hit 55,000 yesterday. And I just think, you know, that's the number. I think 50,000 is the number where, you know, the algorithms start kind of working your way. It's like all of a sudden YouTube starts saying, all right, people are really watching this. You know, that's a lot of people. I hope so. And I think that's where at least I've seen it, um, where you're probably going to start seeing a lot more people coming over. But just, again, the algorithms keep pushing and pushing and pushing. There are a number of other dumpster divers. Um, I think that you guys are kind of unique. You kind of stick to the point. Your videos are rarely very long, you know? Yeah. And you give a warning almost in the beginning. Like, hey, we're just going to be talking right now. This is going to be, um, you refer to yourself and your husband as um, frugal mommy and frugal mm -hmm. daddy. Yeah. And um, I think that's also kind of endearing. Some people think it's so weird. We didn't know what the hell you were talking about at first. <laughs> yeah. Well, because, uh, you know, in the, when I first started the channel, I thought well, maybe we shouldn't use our names and have identifying information. But, I mean, yeah. I've shown the outside of our house. People know our names now. I mean, yeah. people know who we are. But so in the beginning, that's I just referred to us as frugal mommy and frugal daddy and the kids as the frugal babies. Yeah. And um, so sometimes I just call them daddy. But it's people think it's weird because they <laughs> see like a sexual element and like, ooh, who's your daddy? Right. And it's because we have seven-year-old twins. We have little kids. And when little kids are learning to talk. You just say what they're going to say. So like yeah, I call my absolutely. mother, you know, I call my mother Grammy. I call my mother, my, um, I call my brother Uncle David because that's what my kids call them. So you call him King David. I call him yeah, Prince <laughs> David, but that's another story. We're not that um, formal so, on yeah, Freaking we, Frugal. 
Yeah, we just call each other mommy and daddy because that's what our, our kids call. I mean, if he uses my actual name, I'm like, what? What's the matter? Are you leaving me? What kind of conversation <laughs> are we having now? Why, why have you actually said my real name? Like, we never. Maybe I'm mad. That's how you know when I'm mad. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, when he uses my full name. I don't know, Dwayne. You don't sound so sick to me. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just sat down. Um, I'm going to try and. No, I'm, I, I, it sucks to have the flu. And um, especially for me anyway, if I were to start getting sick or anything, I immediately think I have the coronavirus. So. Yeah. yeah, well, well we, they, yeah, we talked about that this morning. Like, yeah, Amy. yeah, I'm the same way. If I have a headache, it's like, oh, I need to make an appointment with a neurologist because clearly I have brain tumor. Oh, I've had, oh, I've diagnosed myself with so many You have to things. watch that one when she uh, talks about her myasthenia gravis. Yeah, did you see that one? No. It's one of, oh. it's, one of um, it's, it's fairly recent, frugal hypochondriac. Um, I think I'm driving home from dumpster diving. I think there is dumpster diving in it, and I'm just chatting on the way home. But, yeah, there was a time several years ago where I diagnosed myself with myasthenia gravis, which is a pretty serious neurological problem where you you lose the ability to control your muscles, basically, and your muscles get really droopy, and eventually you can't breathe because your diaphragm doesn't oh move. Oh, my God. You can't, you can't breathe, right? And Aristotle Onassis had this, and this is what he died from. And you learned it on I learned it, opera. yes. I learned it on the soap opera in about 1976. <laughs> There's an actress, like a real-life actress, has it, so they wrote it into her character on the show. It oh was Leslie God. on Days of Our Lives. So I just always remembered it. And the way she first noticed it was her eyelids were really droopy. So I was sitting in the Whole Foods parking lot one day, and I looked in the, the mirror in my car, and I was like, since when were my eyelids that droopy? Like, look how droopy they are. I can barely see out of my own eyes my eyelids are so droopy. Yeah, you're very self-critical. I'll just yeah, make that well, point. Yeah. And, um, you're harsh. So <laughs> I so well... That goes back to growing up as the fat kid and, you know, right. there's nothing but shame in being overweight. So at least uh, back in the 70s, that's how we were treated. Um, so anyway, I diagnosed, diagnosed myself with myasthenia gravis and I had myself in tears. Like I thought I'm going to end up in an iron lung and I was like oh sobbing. And I, so I went to um, the neurologist who was super nice. Like I love when a doctor will kind of go along with my theories because they, they – I need someone to like, put up with that because I'm always coming up with a theory. And he was this really nice Russian doctor. And so I was – and this was when my older daughter was probably in about sixth or seventh grade. And I was having a lot of separation anxiety because she was sort of becoming a teenager and ditching me basically. And I was – you know, and yeah, I didn't sure, have it's depressing. Yet. Yeah, yeah, and I didn't have the younger kids yet, so I was telling him this. You know, this was going on in my life as he was doing the various neurological checks, and he told me his wife was going through something similar as his kids were growing up. And then he kind of goes, "Have you considered seeing a psychiatrist?" Now, some people would be insulted by that, but. I just kind of burst out laughing because I already had a psychiatrist appointment scheduled about two <laughs> days later. So I'm kind of crying going, Tim, yes, I'm seeing one on Friday. And of course I did. I mean, I had good insurance then. So, hey, right, right. you can. Um, Self-diagnosis yes, is very frugal. Yeah. Oh, well, sure. And self um, and um, home surgery. You know, oh, my God. <laughs> Let's very not. frugal. Daddy, frugal daddy's always removing things from his own skin. Like if he gets a skin tab or something. Mold, mold yeah. Oh, yeah. You take a piece of um, string and yep. <laughs> Oh, my God. So disgusting. But, <laughs> or a razor. He'll shave things off of him and then wonder why it won't stop bleeding. Like, you just, that's, I don't do that. I, I don't approve. So have you been recognized yet in public by complete strangers? We have, uh, but just other dumpster divers. Mm -hmm. Four or five times while dumpster diving, we've run into other people at the dumpsters who 
know us and watch the channel and say, oh, frugal mommy. Oh, my gosh. I watch you all the time. It's so good to meet you. Yeah. A few times. (laughs) So one of the things that I I was thinking about is with the popularity of your channel. Okay. I mean, if you think about it, 50,000. I mean, when you post a video, you are getting immediate views. Mm -hmm. So with the popularity kind of continuing, are you afraid of it going kind of where couponing went? Because where couponing went is when those couponing shows kind of came on the air. You you know, all of these shows, it kind of ruined it in a lot of ways. It seems. Oh, it absolutely did. I think because that extreme couponing show was on TLC. And so people got into extreme couponing. I did extreme couponing, but then it gets abused and the stores change their policies. So you don't have the opportunity to get all the free stuff. Yeah. Like you have major stores like Aldi. Aldi is a store that you will visit often. You also shop there, but you also visit the dumpster and they don't even accept coupons. No, they don't take coupons. I mean, for couponing, you're, you're stuck with your bigger grocery store chains like ShopRite. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the biggest one. But aren't they vanishing? I mean, with companies like little um, and Aldi, which are very similar stores. Right. Uh, little does accept coupons. Though. They're very, they're very similar, very different, but they're they're extremely similar. Like you would really easily confuse the two. Right. Um. I mean, we. Uh, I, I see the larger pl- the larger supermarkets kind of going away to these kind of small. I don't even know how to describe these things. Little Swedish shops, I guess. Yeah. Well. I, or I, German. I, all, yeah. All these. German. I don't know about. Yeah, little is German as well. They're yeah. competitors. They're direct right. competitors. I mean, I if back when I was extreme couponing a lot, if I wasn't couponing and I had to actually buy something, I would definitely go to Aldi. The, mm-hmm. It's just it's just cheaper and it's a quicker, easier shopping experience. We don't have a little in our area yet, though I've been to one in Maryland. But with your big stores like Shopper, I don't know. They, I mean, I rarely go in them, but they still seem popular but again like with our local shop right there's a huge walmart right across the street so i think people who need to save their pennies are going to be more likely to shop at walmart which also takes coupons the thing about Shoprite that changed last may that was a real drag was that you used to be able to combine paper coupons which they would double up to a dollar with digital coupons which are the ones that you load onto your store loyalty card even though they're all manufacturers coupons they let you combine them mm-hmm. so you could get triple coupons that way sometimes and there you got the stuff for free but they changed that policy last may so without that i mean to me there's no point in even going in that store anymore i think that would cost them business from the serious couponers but mm-hmm. i don't know those those big 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 stores may not make it when you have your aldis and your walmarts competing no well, the um as amy said it's a uh, it's the abuse. It's not necessarily what she does or what I, what we do. It's more of the people that resell the stuff. Or- oh yeah, in, in, yeah. In terms of dumpster diving, yes. I mean, it's definitely getting more mainstream and more popular, and it's it's. So yeah, I, I mean, I do fear that because it's it's sort of growing in participation. Um, that this, you know, the stores are going to start locking their dumpsters mm. basically. Yes. Yeah. And what, what I was trying to finish was that, um, we don't do that. We don't resell. We don't, we, we donate it, We do it from a different, we view it differently right. we view it as helping get rid of the, the food, you know, instead well, the of the waste, yeah. yeah, instead of throwing it away. And then the people that do resell it, 
they are taking money away from. Well, I don't, I don't and think. They're, well, they're also causing problems. Like, say you find something, razors, like a Gillette, you try and sell it, and if it's broken, then Gillette gets in trouble, or a ShopRite, or Aldi might get in trouble if it's an Aldi brand thing. So that's why we don't want to um, uh, hurt their their mm. business. Well, I don't think people are reselling reputation. food so much that they're finding, but a lot of dumpster divers don't do food. They do you know, merchandise from Bed Bath & Beyond or from Best Buy or Big Lots or whatever, you know, non-food items, and they do resell it. They either sell it on eBay or they sell it on Amazon or they have yard sales, which you know we don't do. Right. Um, but I think that's where stores have the, the issue. But also they will sometimes – people will try to restore return the item to the store. They found the item in the trash and then they return it to the store for store credit. And we don't do that. I mean, I, yeah, that's, that's, even worse. that's not, it's immoral. It, it really yeah, is. I mean, that really is stealing. And to that, me. that is going to be dumpster diving's downfall. If it ever happens, hmm. you yeah. know, I think the whole locking of the dumpsters, um, is, is pretty much one of the strangest things because yeah. it also prevents the garbage men from really doing their job in a very timely way. And, I would imagine that they would have to leave garbage behind and then come back and it's sitting there rotting. Yeah. Or the other store employees just have to know exactly when the garbage men are coming and go out and unlock them. But yeah, locking a dumpster to me is so odd because it's like these people have so much invested in making sure their garbage gets to the landfill. Like they really want to make sure it's, polluting the environment and filling up landfills and mm -hmm. and some store employees take it so personally which is also very weird to me yeah i, I see I, these people on your videos and they come yeah. out and it's like this uh, you know this girl who's maybe the assistant manager of whatever yeah. and she's looking at you like you're making my life so horrible right now and it's yeah. like what the hell do you care like yeah and also, you know, we clear out your dumpster. We made space for more. There's, you know, your dumpster's I've, I've not going to be. It's three or four hundred pounds out sometimes. Yeah. Holy uh, cow! Yeah. Oh, it's unreal. When when you guys found the um, probably two hundred loaves of bread or something. Oh yeah, that was recent. Yeah. That was to me the first time I saw something genuinely shocking. That was insane. Yeah. It's it's kind of insulting too, um, because you do have we do have issues where people are are going hungry every day. At least that's what I'm hearing, right? Absolutely. Um, you and, you know, that Aldi, that, I mean, some, you know, every Aldi, it's the same store, but they're different because it depends who works there. That one Aldi is the one where we tend to get caught and told to go away, and that's the one where the manager told us, like, oh, the food in the dumpster is completely inedible. You can't eat that. We donate the good food, which is obviously a load of crap because this bread was fine and was several days before its best by date. And, you know, mm -hmm. it, it was fine. And hundreds of loaves. Yeah, it, it, was, it was shocking. It was awful. I can't really find the official word on what, why they're throwing out these things, especially, you know, sometimes a week or even just a few days before it expires. Yeah, they told us. What, they told us that one woman. Remember, she said, "Are you, you're not going to buy it when you have some milk that you can buy with a week and a half dating as compared to tomorrow." Right. Yeah. One time we were at a different grocery store and we were in their dumpster as two employees came out with shopping carts full of food to throw away. And one guy was throwing away chicken, which he just let us take. The lady had a shopping cart full of gallons of milk and 
she wouldn't let us take it. She said, it, basically, it's my job to put it in the dumpster and I'm not going to lose my job. So I'm going to put it in the dumpster. She wasn't telling us don't take it, but just I'm going to do what I have to do and put it in the dumpster. So I was talking to her and helping her put it in the dumpster as I was chatting with her. And then when she was done, I just took it back out of the dumpster. But I said, you know, this hasn't even reached its re this hasn't even reached its sell by date yet. It was two or three days ahead. And she said, yeah, of course. But the consumer doesn't want to buy milk that's going to expire in two days when you can get milk that's dated two weeks in the future. So the you know. Yes, they, they throw things away several days before expiration because they just feel the consumer won't want it. And so I know some stores do donate, but I think it's a problem of logistics and manpower. And it's not in the financial interest of the store to donate. I think they get a bigger tax write off for just trashing the food rather than donating it. And if you're going to donate, you need to pay employees to organize it. And you have to you know be coordinated with a food bank that will pick it up and they have logistics issues with manpower and how much they can pick up and right and if somebody happens to get food poisoning or something they're they're on the line and i fully understand that i think that's an argument that can be made well but, no they're at, they're actually not on the line there's oh, a really? yeah there's a good samaritan law a federal law that's been on the books for quite a long time basically saying if you donate food in good faith like as far as you know the food's fine you're not purposely donating bad food as long as you think the food's fine if somebody gets sick from it you're not liable I think that maybe then I got caught up with a lie, <laughs> you yeah. know, something that has been told to me and I just bought into. Yeah. Well, I mean, we live in a very litigious society. There's that old lady who burned herself on McDonald's coffee yeah. and she won the lawsuit. I mean, and now they have to write on the cups of coffee that they're hot. Like, duh. Well, That's just a weird world we live in. But yeah, if, if you went to a food bank and you got food and it made you sick kind of like your own problem. You just have to have some common I mean, obviously, if you eat dumpster food, you have to have some common sense about determining what's gone bad sure. and what hasn't. And it's really not hard to tell. These these sell-by dates and best-by dates and so forth on the packaging, you know, that hasn't been around forever. And human beings have had to figure out when their food is okay and when it's spoiled. And it's, it's not that hard to tell a moldy tomato from a good tomato. Right. Um, you guys actually just ate 12 year old cracker or bricks yeah, of food the other day. Yes, we did. We, yeah, I don't know where we got that. Obviously out of somebody's trash, but we had these <laughs> packages of sea rations, like lifeboat rations Yeah, and they were 12 years old. And so we thought, okay, well we better try them with our theory of food doesn't go bad. Well, I, I recommend people watch this because there, this is actually opening up another avenue on the weirdness of YouTube because there's a channel I watch called Steve 1989 MRE Info, yeah. I believe is. People so you were aware. about him. Yeah. And yeah, he's he's eaten um, really tack, old. I think. Yeah, like stuff from like hard the Civil tech. War. Yeah, yeah hard somebody, tech. Somebody told me he ate food from the Boer War. And I had to look <laughs> it up like, oh, my God, when was that? And where, where do you even get the food? I guess people send it to him. So, yeah, 12-year-old <laughs> sea rations really weren't anything extraordinary compared to that. But I think it's the oldest food we've ever eaten. And they were basically like shortbread bars, just mm. really high fat, high sugar cookies, kind of. Uh, to me, they tasted kind of stale, but my husband liked them and he was happy to just plow through them. It reminded me of, um, we went through Hurricane Sandy. Uh, I'm sure you guys did too. I no, forget. You're did. very close to um, where I live. Absolutely. And, um, we lost our power for about two weeks and we we're just mm -hmm. kind of trying to buy a house at the same time. We, you know, we made a lot of really great, perfectly timed decisions. And <laughs> <laughs> so we went to this place where they were like, we're giving out free food. And we went there and the guy just loaded up our car with like two cases of MREs and, 
gift cards. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, this is a really great day. Yeah. yeah. But we held on to those MREs for a while. And my son and I would every, he's a boy scout. So we would kind of make believe, you know, we're ripping it open and camping out and having mm-hmm. fun with that. And you know, these things are very high in calories, are very high right. in sugar and salt and all of that stuff. But they're kind of, you know, in, in an emergency situation, these things are really incredible. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you're, well, first of all, if you're hungry and you have nothing else, a lot of things start to look pretty good to you. And if you're, I know from when I used to go camping, I mean, anything like spaghetti with pine needles in it, pretty tasty. <laughs> I mean, you know, you get hungry. And certainly if you have your emergency bunker food and whatever, you've had to spend two months not going out of your home because coronavirus has killed half the world, you know, and you go through your canned food, you're going to be pretty happy to have those mm. slightly stale, weird 12-year-old high-calorie cookies. I mean, they're survival food. They're, you know, it's not a health food. It's not an Atkins bar, but it's loaded with calories. It'll keep you alive. Sure. Now, um, another thing, I brought up the Boy Scouts, but um, I think that you guys have a similar philosophy, like a leave no trace philosophy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You respect others' property. And right. um, I, I've also seen on other people's channels, I don't know if I've seen it on yours, where they get there and it's just a crap storm. It looks yeah. like somebody was there and they threw everything out of there and they just, they're ruining it for everyone. Do you yeah. see this often? Yeah, at certain dumpsters. Certain dumpster areas are just not well-maintained at all. There's a Dollar Tree dumpster I go to sometimes, and it's such a mess. Inside there. and outside. It's like yeah. Dollar Trees are just yeah. insane. And, yeah, and it's, you know, it's up against a chain-link fence, so there's all this garbage kind of blown up against that. And I keep thinking, I don't like to, you know, I don't, well, usually their dumpster's full, so it's not like I could really put much more in, but I don't. I don't like to stay at a dumpster too long because I'm afraid of getting caught, even though it's not against the law. I just don't want the confrontation with an employee. But I always think I really want to take the time to clean up this dumpster area. And then I thought, maybe I should just get a job at that Dollar Tree for a couple of weeks just so I can be the one who <laughs> says, you know what? I'm going to go out back and clean up the dumpster area. And then I'll quit. But I just – like it irks me. I <laughs> no, hate it's... seeing that. Or seeing a ton of cardboard boxes in a garbage dumpster instead of being recycled. But, yes, yeah, sometimes the area around the dumpster is just disgusting and we, besides like leave no trace, we try to leave it better than we found it. I mean, that's kind of my philosophy in yeah. life is leave the world better than you found it. Leave your dumpster better than you found it. So even if it's just a matter of, oh, oh, look, there's whatever, a rotten tomato on the ground that they were throwing out, but it didn't make it into the dumpster and I'm on my way out, I'll, I'll toss it in and try to leave the area tidier yeah. as best I can. Yeah. Now, years and years ago, um, my wife is friends with somebody who is a manager at a Costco. And he was telling her that every night, this is every night, they throw away all of the kind of homemade-ish foods, you know, the stuff Mm -hmm. that isn't frozen. Mm -hmm. And that's what kind of got us to even go on YouTube and type in, somebody must be, you know, dumpster diving there. Right. But I'm guessing, I don't know if you know about this, I'm not sure, but does Costco have a compactor? I mean, is it kind of across the board? Yeah, we don't have a Costco near us, and I don't think we've tried diving at Costco, but all the bigger stores tend to have compactors, so all the big grocery store chains do, and Walmart does. It's very discouraging. It's also still, again, very insulting. I mean, I'm spending $18 on some cheese platter. I was about to tell them. One time we were at Sam's Club, much Mm -hmm. like a Costco. Yes. And we didn't even – this sounds bad, but we're cheap. So, you know, whatever. We're cheap here. Full disclosure, we're the cheapest people on the planet. <laughs> so I had an old 
membership card from Sam's Club. I was no longer a member. And we used to go sometimes to get like a free lunch. And you know how they have the samples out on Saturdays? So we would go in and have our samples and enjoy ourselves. So anyway, we were there once and there was the banana display. The the guy was, the employee was taking all the bananas down from the banana display and loading them into a cart. And these were perfectly ripe bananas. They weren't green. They weren't, didn't have brown spots on. They were just at perfect yellow ripeness. And he was taking them all away and they were replacing them with some that were a little bit green. And we asked him about it and said, what are you, what are you doing with those? Cause they're fine. And he said, well, people don't really want to buy them because they want to take them home a little underripe so they can ripen at home. So these being perfectly ripe, it's too far along. People don't want these. And we said, are you throwing them out? He said, yes. We said, can we have them? He said, no. And then we kind of joked around and said, like, well, is your dumpster out back locked? Right, right. And he was kind of like, you know, go away, crazy people. But that was, I think, one of the first times we were really hit by, like, oh, my God, this food waste is unbelievable. And at that point, too, I was also volunteering at a soup kitchen. And so we would give people their dinner. And then if there was extra food to wrap up in a bag for them to take with them, like to have for lunch the next day, we would do that. So a lot of times we were giving out bananas that had been donated. And these were just the mushiest, brownish, you know, like just way overly ripe, gross bananas that we're giving to people. Like you, you can cook with them. They're great for banana bread, bread, but they're just disgusting if you think you're going to peel it and eat it. So, you know, the soup kitchen's getting these nasty, gross black bananas to hand out. But here, Sam's Club is throwing away these beautiful, perfect, not bruised, bright yellow bananas yeah, the, without any thought to even donating it. The box that they were in was the size of a pallet. So they were four Holy feet, cow. feet by four feet high. Yep. That, imagine how many bananas. Oh, it was it was, it was like that bread at Aldi. Yeah. Like, I can't believe that's coming in the garbage. And there are times we've gone to a dumpster and it's like that bread time. It's just been a dumpster full of bananas. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's just couldn't be more wasteful. That's it's insulting. It's disgusting. Unbelievable. um, We also deal with um, a number of different, um, like I guess, um, outreach programs. There's one locally called um, the Inn that I don't know if they're outside of New York, but we we try to um, we spend our own money doing this. You know, it's like we put this together and we bring it there. But when these stores are just haphazardly throwing it away and just like, yeah, whatever. It's just, I I can't think of anything more insulting, you know? I don't know how the employees do it. I mean, they do it because they have to. And I've heard comments from so many viewers saying, oh yeah, I used to work at Walmart or I used to work at this grocery store. We had to throw all this stuff away. And if we took anything, because they don't let employees take anything, they get fired. One person said that he was throwing out a ham sandwich and, and just kept it and ate it. And he got fired from Walmart for that. Like, it was garbage. You weren't going to make money off of it. Right. It was like a done deal. It's gone. And But the stores really, really don't want so, their employees to have this stuff. So I don't the, think either of us could actually do that. Oh, my God. I would. It would, I, it would I kill me. I don't think I could, I could yeah. actually do that. I would have so, it piled up next to the dumpster, hoping the dumpster drivers came. And then I'd get fired. I'd make it one day at a grocery mm-hmm. store. And uh, the legality of all of this is kind of in a gray area. It's not necessarily illegal. But it's not exactly public either because you are going on to private property, but it's kind of private property that is open to the public. Well, exactly. I actually 
did a video on that topic. I first I called our governor's office and asked them, is dumpster diving legal in New Jersey? And they looked it up and they said, yes, dumpster diving is completely legal. Great. But they said it it could be considered trespassing. So you're not going to it's not against the law to dumpster dive, but it could be against the law to trespass. Check with your local local excuse me, check with your local prosecutor. So then I called our local prosecutor's office and talked to a few people for a while. And uh, what? Yes, the the property where the dumpster is is owned, but it's not considered private, just like the store of Walmart is owned. But you can walk in there. You're not trespassing. And they said for a dumpster out in a parking lot, out in the open, there's no presumption of privacy. So unless they put a sign on it that says no trespassing or it's locked behind gates, it's fair game. You're not trespassing. And I, most people don't seem to know that. Employees don't know that because they'll tell us that all the time if they come out and tell us to leave. If they tell us to leave, you got, you got to go because then you're basically trespassing if you don't go. But a lot of times... They'll say, oh, you can't do that. We're calling the cops. People love to say that. And we'll say, well, you know, dumpster driving is not against the law in this state. And then they'll go, oh, well, you're trespassing. And I don't want to get into the whole thing of, well, you didn't put a no trespassing sign on your dumpster because I don't want them to put a no trespassing sign on. Right. It's not the time or the place. Right. (laughs) We just don't want the confrontation. So we just say, okay, thanks. Have a good day. Bye. And we we scoot. Um, But yes. So if it's just a dumpster out in the open and it's unlocked. No presumption of privacy. It's also not just human food that you're seeing. You're also seeing pet food being thrown out. Oh, yeah. Expensive pet food. Very expensive pet food. Oh, way more expensive than we buy when we have to buy pet food. Oh, my God. Really top brands. Yeah, and and they rip it open. You know, uh, know, if you're going to rip it open and pour it into a dumpster, I would imagine that you're really opening yourself up to getting things like rodents and and bugs, um, things that you guys have said you've not seen. Yeah, we don't tend to see wildlife. I mean, I think one time Frugal Daddy was confronted by a turkey vulture coming out of the dumpster. Oh, I do remember that, yeah. That's a good story. We like that one. And I saw raccoons once, and that's about it. I've never seen mice or rats. Have you seen a squirrel in the dumpster? Yeah, I've never seen a squirrel in the dumpster. He has. We have all that Um, in our backyards, you know. (laughs) Yeah. And um, I've never seen roaches ever. I mean, in the summer when it's hotter, you're more likely to have flies. You know, you have to. And bees and stuff like that. Sure. I mean, that's near um, our normal garbage. You know, it's not. Sure. Yeah. And I, yeah, I've I've never, it's kind of surprising, but maybe rats just can't climb up the side of the dumpster. Most grocery stores have rodent traps around the perimeter of the store that, like I never noticed. I never really thought about what they were, but my husband pointed out to me, you know, see that thing, see that black box there, that's a rodent trap. So, you know, maybe yeah. that's, that's why we don't really see them in the dumpsters. But yeah, I think if you are going to slash open a bag of dog food and just pour it into the dumpster, <laughs> you, you've got to attract raccoons yeah, and things that rains, can climb. Then it just makes, well, then it's mush. Everything's yeah. mushy and disgusting. Yeah. yeah. One of the things that, uh, I mean, the overall waste, I think, is the most disgusting. Um, but one of the things that you mentioned just recently, I don't remember which video, and I really do recommend people go to your channel and just kind of, you know, spend the, spend a rainy day going through freaking frugal. And that's kind of what we did. And we recommend it too. (laughs) But one thing that you mentioned was how whole foods is now compacting everything. Yeah. Um, and everything packaging and all. So this stuff is ending up in a landfill. Absolutely. And yeah. this is Whole Foods. This is right. the Mecca. This was supposed to be the supermarket to end all supermarkets because right. they're doing it right. And yep. then Amazon purchased them. Yep. Um, and it all changed. 
And yeah, and then um, I haven't shopped there in a very long time. Has it ch- really changed? Well, I don't really shop there too much either. I, I used to really enjoy going to Whole Foods and just kind of wandering around and looking at the food because I couldn't really. Look, an $8 grapefruit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I remember the first time I went in there, there was a $4 apple. <sighs> and this was in Princeton, which is a very wealthy town. But still, who's going to? who can pay $4 for an app? I mean, Jeff Bezos can, but who else can? And then for a while, it seemed like some of the prices were a little bit more affordable. And I used to buy some stuff there occasionally when I became vegan, just because they they had some good vegan selection. And then I stopped going there. And um, I went there recently because my older daughter wanted something. And I was looking at the prices and I thought, my God, they've gotten high again. I mean, it's, it's outrageous. You can buy five or six items and you're up at a hundred dollars. It's, yeah. it's insane. It's, it's, it's just ridiculous. But if you're a prime member, you get 1% <laughs> off, I think, but yeah, <laughs> I, I like Trader Joe's. Like if I have to actually pay for food, my preference is to go to Trader Joe's, but, and I used to think they were kind of comparable to whole foods sort of, but they're much, much, much more affordable. Mm. We um, have a business license. So we actually go very often to restaurant Depot mm-hmm. where you can buy things in quantity yeah. Um, with less packaging. So in a way, even though it's not really my focus to be so conservative, um, I, I try my best to. It's not like I'm you know, changing right. my oil on the lawn. Um, <laughs> but some people probably do. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, places that are these big box stores where you think you're getting things that are in less packaging, there's really a lot more packaging very often. There, boxes I mean, within just, boxes. I, I, that's, that's my area. Because packaging. I sell clocks, and I never buy packing or like cardboard. Boxes, bubble wrap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you that know? stuff is expensive. And if you go to Staples well, and buy a roll of bubble wrap, it oh, could be yeah. like $25 or something. It's, it's yeah. a $60 roll for these two huge things, these two huge rolls. Is that your cat? And what happens, uh, we, there's a furniture store near us, and I go there pretty frequently. And there are boxes inside of boxes inside of boxes and then each piece of wood if it's a table or some or a, a, a desk every box has packing between it it's like yeah. every amazing every piece that goes into the furniture is packed separately yeah. and inside the box yeah. it's amazing how much oh my packing gosh. goes into those the, and then so the, many of them don't even recycle the cardboard no i go and take it all the time they're they're happy that i take it right clears things out for them so actually doing can i ask you a question about your clocks um now on youtube you're the clock guy um yes. and i'll put a link to your channel as well but um so do you sell these um do you have like a um, an eBay channel or or something uh, eBay store rather. Yes, I, I sell them on eBay. I don't sell all of them. I am. Um, you have a lot of clocks. Yes, uh, that happened because can I can I t- tell you my story or not? Sure, go ahead. Tell, tell your clock story. You can cut it out. <coughs> Stop coughing. Okay. That's I'm unacceptable. We yeah. don't edit on this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> they're gonna. They I don't, do not. I do not. Bad. They don't. It no, all stays you're in. Coughing and then me bitching at you about the coughing. <laughs> oh. See, oh, you've okay. ruined his podcast. I hate when you guys fight. I'm sorry. He's so slow. <laughs> he can't get the sentence out. It drives me crazy. Yes. Well, um, when, when I started fooling around with clocks, playing with clocks, uh, tinkering, uh, I noticed that it would cost, say, 300 at least $300 to get a clock serviced and, or looked at. Mm-hmm. I don't know. No matter what is wrong with it. They seem to run the price up to about three hundred dollars. Uh, 
what I noticed is people don't get their clocks fixed because you can buy that clock or something very similar for $40 on eBay. Why spend 300 mm. So I decided that I wasn't going to charge people to fix their clocks. Uh, what I did, I, what, what I do is just ask people, if you have any other clocks, I'll take those as payment possibly. And a good example is someone in town had one clock he wanted fixed, and he gave me 18 of them. Oh, my and, God. Yeah, well, every one of them needed something. He couldn't fix them, so they were basically useless to him. And with me, if I fixed two or three or four of them, I could possibly sell them for $200. So I'm making 400 or $600 from this. And it does require me to do some work to them. Sure. But it's, be- it's better than charging him 300 to fix one clock, and then he has 18 junk clocks that he's never going to use. Now, how did you learn this? Uh, I mean, is this are you a natural troubleshooter? Or? Yes, that, that is the word, a natural troubleshooter. He, he can well, fix anything. Yeah, that's I fascinating. Yes, yeah, yeah, something inside that just loves to fix things, and it's amazing. I can, I, I can yeah, I say I can fix anything. I, I mean, I'll I'll do my best. Well, we have actually a very similar car. So I saw you guys driving around in Ivan XC90 as well. And um, it's just very funny to see somebody else using the same exact car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I, I noticed that some people had made comments saying, well, I don't know why you're doing this. You're driving around in a luxury car. And then um, Frugal Mommy um, addressed that. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. You don't let things go. And I love that. You're very yeah, yeah. interactive. You address everything. If somebody has a question, you're not going to just go, well, I'm not comfortable talking about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm more likely to address the negative stuff. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, with a positive comment, I mean, there's, you know, 99.9% positive comments. Mm-hmm. I have such lovely, supportive viewers, but there are some people who just hate me and they love to leave nasty comments. So they love are, to hate you. Yeah, oh, they love it. And, though, of course, those are the comments that I have to, like, focus on because I focus on the negative. Sure. And so a lot of people have made that comment about the car, like, how are you guys frugal driving around in this Luxury. I didn't even know it was a luxury vehicle. I mean, we bought it for like four thousand dollars or yeah, something, and it even. was it was like twelve years old. I like, mean, it's. I think we paid yeah. thirty two hundred for it. Yeah. So it wasn't like we bought this amazing Volvo SUV right. brand new because we have all this money. Like we never buy new cars. We always buy them old, and I, Dwayne can fix them. Yeah, I so, put new front end parts on it. All the suspension, the tie rods, the control arms, bushings. Wow. The, yeah, but the XC90 looks kind of – it still looks similar to the one that they're producing today. Mm-hmm. And that's probably why. People are thinking, oh, this is yeah. clearly driving around in like a 2019 like or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah not ever. Um, so what is next for you guys, do you think? Like where do you see your channel growing to and do you have anything that you're going to introduce to the channel? I don't know. I don't know. To the moon, Mark, to the moon. Um I don't really know. I, it seems that the dumpster diving is the most popular thing we put up. Some people say to me that they miss my cooking videos. So I'll put a cooking video up, but then I'll only get, you know, between five and 10,000 views as opposed to the 30,000 views a dumpster diving video would take, you know, would bring. And it, it's as much work. It's, it's sort of not as profitable for me to do spend my time doing a sure. cooking video or frugal tips video. And I don't like to do the same thing over and over again. A lot of the frugal channels are kind of recycling the same recipes and the same advice and the same how-tos. And I, I get that you get new viewers and people didn't 
see that video two years ago that you did, but I, I don't know. I just don't kind of, I don't like to repeat myself too much, though I do feel sometimes that my dumpster diving videos are just, I don't know, it concerns me that it's like, ah, oh, the same old thing over and over again. And, and I think the only thing, I mean, it's different food, but it is like, oh, bananas again, bread again. But I think it's my husband and my interaction and what we're joking about and what we're talking about that kind of makes us different. And that's going to be different every time. I think with any YouTube channel, you sort of, there's got to be the struggle to stay relevant and to, to not just be doing the same thing over and over though. Some channels are very, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't have it figured out. Some channels are very successful. It seems like doing the same thing over and over again. Like there are channels where they make slime, you know, slime that kids like to play with Yeah. and they'll have 50 videos making slime. Like I, I don't, I don't know. I'm not a fan of slime. I don't really get it. It's it's just the same thing. Oh, you put glitter in your slime. Oh, wow. But still many views. So I guess if people like slime, then they want to see it over and over again. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I want to innovate and change and keep things fresh and relevant and interesting at the same time continuing to do dumpster diving. I, I don't really know. How right. to, I don't know, Mark. What should I do? What do I change? What do I introduce? I don't know. Um. I don't have a direct answer, of course, but um, one one thing I also find very interesting with your videos is when you either go to garage sales or you go to the after garage sales. Mm-hmm. I think that that kind of falls into the same category. It's it's very entertaining. Um, I'm a kind of a garage sale um, nerd, mm-hmm. and you know that's a that's another thing that's really really big. So you know, of course, that seasonal. Um, but right. at the same time, you guys seem like you have a lot of garage sales. Long yeah. Island is not. Really? <laughs> I know. That surprises me a little bit. Yeah. In the spring coming up, there'll, there'll be a lot. And there are several towns near us where they do a town-wide yard sale. So you'll have 50. That's nice. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's so handy. What a fun day out. So you'll have like 50 families doing yard sales the same day. So we'll go and we'll wander around and look at this and that. But if you time it right and you're you're there when – everything's winding down. A lot of people don't want to bring their unsold items back into the house. So they just drag them out to the curb. And then mm-hmm. that's where we and other savvy shoppers swoop in and pick garage through. sale nerds. Yeah. We pick through the free stuff and Oh my gosh, we've gotten, we've gotten great stuff. I mean, well, Incredible furniture stuff. and Oh God, it happened every, to me once. Yeah. Every material possession that exists, we've gotten for free. It's it was, um, it looked like it was going to rain. I was in, um, Long Beach, New York. And these people, they set up a huge garage sale and the rain was kind of going to be starting within 30 minutes. So they put it all on the curb because they were not going to hoard it back into the house and find space and have it sitting in your living room for God knows for how long. So I couldn't believe like we grabbed things like lava lamps, and Mm -hmm. things that I just really, um, and it really blew my mind. It reminded me of that experience, but it's just Again, with the um, the wastefulness, you know, we, we do go and we buy things and we keep it and we hoard it. They have a whole show hoarders. Um, the, and I think that your channel also brings to the table a, a little bit of a sensibility. If you can't do something with it, it really isn't coming home with you. Um, even though I think that you pick on Frugal Daddy a little bit about it, I've seen him leave things behind. Yeah. Well, I mean, we will bring a lot. We will pack a car and have stuff on the roof, but we donate the majority of it because, um, I mean, we just don't have space for it. We don't need it. I just don't want it to end up in the landfill, but the Vietnam vets of America, you know, will pick up 
at your home. So many charities will pick up. So it's not like you have to think, oh, well, when am I going to have time to run to Goodwill and drop this off? I mean, these charities will, will come and we have them coming once or twice a week to pick stuff up and just move it on. And they'll sell it to thrift stores. So the vets get their money and then the thrift stores get their stuff to sell. And the items get another chance at finding a home. Uh, I think, and I think, a lot I of think times, it's great. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times we'll go garbage picking in, in rich towns because, you know, who? I mean, if you can have poor person trash or rich person trash, you want rich person trash. I mean, I already have my own poor person trash. Yeah. And they'll put out amazing things. And I think they do it on purpose, thinking that people will come along and take it. I, I think they hope that, you know. That well, you guys have found a laptop. Like, you've found things oh, yeah. that are are genuinely, they have value right in front of you. Absolutely. Yes, Our, well, I can fix them. That's one of the problems is since I can fix so much, we mm. tend to get a lot of things. Like, I, I say, well, what could it possibly be? A 15-cent part in a big-screen TV? We have six big-screen TVs. Yeah. <laughs> our our one-touch screen computer is from the trash. Yeah. Wow. That's our best computer. And it really does speak volumes about the amount of waste that you know each one of us is responsible for. Uh, it's, it is. It's unbelievable. It, it And I, I think, in general, you see a lot of overlap between frugal people and environmentalists, since they're both got conservationist approaches in life. And I've thought sometimes, wow, I wish we could be a no-waste family and just cut our garbage down to nothing. But that's sort of impossible for us because we dumpster dive. So we have all <laughs> of that packaging and that waste we bring in to try to rescue the item. So, yeah, then we're always going to be recycling and throwing away. No, you just packaging. have to do your best, and, yeah. and that's it. Yeah, you, just, you do what you can do. Yeah, we recycle everything. That we recycle a in. lot of boxes. And we leave things out on the curb, and people love our... Yeah. Garbage. They say someone will walk up to us in town and say, "Oh, we go past your uh, garbage pile every every garbage day, hmm. and we find some great stuff." Yeah, which is amazing because I always think, "No, our garbage is real sure. garbage. We have eight cats. Like we don't have good garbage." But <laughs> we don't have recently, good garbage. Yeah, recently I was trying to donate a couple of bar stools to the vets, and they didn't take them because they thought they needed too much repair. I guess they needed to be refinished. So I just put them out on the curb, and they were gone within a couple of hours. So, you know, somebody yeah. like us sees them and thinks, oh, those are nice chairs. We could we could, we'll paint them. We'll refinish them. We'll take them. So they, they go to and it wasn't garbage day. Like I knew the garbage truck wasn't going to come get them. I knew this was going to be somebody who wanted them. And they went very quickly. Yeah. And it's also very good. Like we upgraded to battery powered mowers, you know, mm-hmm. and I uh, will mower. And the gas one I have, it just it was shot. It was just one. It came with the house when we bought it type of yeah. thing. Fixed it for you, by the way. <laughs> I'm sure. I have, I, I have my lawnmower from 1996. <laughs> I'm, you know, I, I really wanted to get the gas smell. I, I do woodwork in the garage, and I really wanted to get the gas smell out of the garage. So yeah. I, I found a great price on electric mower, and mm-hmm. I really am very, very happy with the purchase. But I could not. I tried to give it away, you know, the mower, because I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. It's all probably fixable by somebody like frugal daddy, but I had to actually put a price on it in order to get rid of it. Nobody would take it for free. That's interesting. <laughs> but for $10, I had somebody come and take it. That's kind of funny yeah, because then people, weird. yeah, because when it's free, people think, Oh, that's some old piece of crap, but they see a price <laughs> yeah. on it. and think, well, there's some value to that. And that's a good price. Yeah. And well, I said, it's broken. <laughs> well, that really speaks volumes about what we're talking about because mm-hmm. yeah, they, they don't want a garbage pick. They think, uh, it's beneath well, them. Yeah. It's not a garbage yeah. picker. But if you pay, if I pay ten dollars, then I feel better. Yeah, yeah. I would feel better getting it for free. 
Well, Amy and Dwayne, I, w- I want to thank you guys so much for taking the time to speak with me today. I-, I find your channel truly fascinating. My wife does as well. And we will be continuing to watch and, and tell everyone about it. Because when I tell people about it, I-, I really tell them about it. I go on and on and on. Well, thank you. Um, and also the clock guy. We started watching it. It might not be my thing just because I don't know what, what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm not. <laughs> Oh, no, I'm there's not no entertaining as frugal mommy. <laughs> well, I, I think it's good. I just um, clocks are one of those things where I think when I was a kid, we had a grandfather clock, and I messed it up because I went and started touching everything. Mm. So I, I look at it as something that um, I really respect what you do, especially repairing them. It does not look easy. It looks very, very fine tuned, and that's kind of scares me a little bit. <laughs> yeah, well, they all have a history. And I want to keep that history alive. That was my goal mm. because the sentimental value is 10 times what the actual value is to, for the people. I mean, I have people, when I hand them their clock after it's fixed, they cry, they hug me. It's Aww. really amazing. Yeah, some people it's have had these feeling. clocks in their families for years. Yeah. So, And it, it means a lot to them to have them running again. I'm I mean, tuning personally, up. if a clock, if it, you know, you have a pretty antique clock and it sits on your mat, mantle, mantle, and it doesn't work, <laughs> like that's okay with me. It can just be a decoration. I don't care if it works or not. But some people actually want their clocks to tell time. Hmm. Isn't that weird? It kind of reminds me of tuning a fine piano. You know, it's you just can't just get anybody to do it. That's right. You know, but um, again, I, I really thank you guys. Uh, Freaking frugal. I'll put a link to everything in the show notes as well as on my website. 